Hey everyone, welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Delano Soporu, episode 63. Thank you for listening. Make sure you five-star rate, subscribe, and review wherever you're listening. This week, we'll talk about what's in the news as always. We'll also talk about our financial roundtable, which we're going to talk salary negotiations because I got a cool call from a, a, a client that was going through those um, salary negotiations. And it just got me thinking about how people that are still, that are in corporate work, America, how they go about that. And so that's a good thing to talk about. We will also discuss the question of the week, and then we'll wrap up the podcast. So again, Thank you, as always, for listening. Make sure to rate, subscribe, review. Hope you guys enjoy the show. What's in the news this week? I feel like people love the news and market update. Probably people's most exciting part of the show, so we'll get right into it. This week, we're seeing a lot of going on with the Central Bank. We had the Fed minutes. Uh, we're seeing a lot going on with yield rates still. A lot of positive news from the Fed minutes that were released in March what was discussing economic recovery. Economic recovery is stronger than expected. They're revising up GDP. Earnings, I believe, for companies in this earnings season will be stronger. So you're seeing the S&P, you're seeing the NASDAQ, all, you're seeing the Dow Jones starting to push higher on a lot of these news. Jamie Dimon had a shareholder letter and he talked about it. You know, economic recovery is strong. He believes that that bullish sentiment, the economic bullish sentiment will push through into 2023. Um, and so we're going to, you know, see market gains from that. Reopening plays are, are still still happening. Bond yields are still hovering around 1.65% on the 10-year treasury. Um, so there's optimism in the markets, generally speaking, uh, that we've been pent up for a while. Business has been shut down. You're starting to see gradually, I think California mentioned that they were going to open up everything but keep the mask mandate sometime early June, or maybe it was, um, um, yeah, I think it was early June. So you're seeing a lot of businesses that have been in dire straits, very optimistic about what's been going on. You also have excess savings. I think a lot of people held cash during this time, and now that cash is going to be let loose. You saw a new stimulus. Um, spending's not going to stop. You know, the new administration is not going to stop spending. They just released a potential infrastructure bill, which we'll talk more about later. Uh, but this is bullish stuff for the market. This is all bullish for the market. We went through the dire straits. We're at all-time highs. And it doesn't look like we're going to stop uh, in, the, in the meantime uh, until the new theme that the, the, the media concocts will, will come up. But, hey, good things for the market so far, as you're seeing. And now let's dive into news updates. Um, first thing, that's the IPO that I talked about. It's probably a week or so down the pipeline. Coinbase released some more numbers. The estimated revenue in the first three months of 2021 at $1.8 billion. That's a you know heavy, strong revenue. They're profitable. First quarter profit was on $730 million, uh, double last year's earnings. Uh, this is strong numbers um, for a company that's debuting onto the markets very, very soon. Um, talking about companies that are not going to IPO, though, the creator economy. They're calling it the creator economy where creators get paid. you got Patreon, Cameo, Substack, all these different platforms and social media sites where the creators get paid directly from their patrons uh, or from their listeners, from their fans, whatever. Um, and Patreon uh, just raised money at a one. Uh, at a four billion valuation, so they raise money at a four billion valuation. They raise one hundred fifty-five million dollars. Again, this is VC angel money because they are not public yet. 
for regular Joe investors to actually invest in it. Uh, Cameo, same thing. They hit a $1 billion valuation last week after a $100 million fundraise joining the Unicorn Club at $1 billion valuation. Cameo is, you know, the place like the Kevin from the office and he, they'll send you a, you pay them, they'll send you a nice note to your friend for their birthday or something of that nature. So a celebrity based um, audience platform, creator content platform, Substack, a platform for writers to publish paid email newsletters is raising a poorly $65 million in a fresh round of funding at a $650 million valuation. Clubhouse also raised in January at $4 billion valuation. So a lot of these private companies are raising a lot of money. The money's going upstream. It's going to these early stage companies, these creator economies, these social media platforms, these content platforms. Um, and so you're going to see, see more and more of that until they eventually IPO down the line. But um, one company that was going to be taken over but decided not to and will probably IPO at some point was Plaid. And Plaid is a unicorn that helps connect consumer bank accounts to financial applications. So whenever you're linking like your Mint account to your bank account, Plaid is like that software service that allows you to do that. And it raised, it was actually going to be sold to Visa, um, but the de deal fell through. That deal was valued about $5.3 billion, but they just raised $425 million from VC funds, from investors, and that raised their valuation to about $13.4 billion now. So Plaid, um, another another area where we're seeing these unicorns, these fintech companies really, really raising a lot, a lot of money. If you're looking where investors are pouring capital in, that's, that's very telling at this point. Um, let's move on from unicorns and valuations to talk about taxes. So the Biden administration revealed a plan yesterday that would hike taxes on corporations. The 2.3 trillion proposal is going to revamp the nation's roads, transits, ports, and more. We talked about it last week, but they want to raise the corporate tax rate to 28% from the 21% that it currently is, uh, with the prior administration cutting it to 21% from, I believe, 35 We all know like most of these companies don't pay taxes anyways, do whatever loopholes they find. Um, but there was an interesting proposal that profitable companies earning $2 billion or more would face a minimum 15% uh, tax on the income they report to investors, a rule targeting the serial tax voters. I think that's actually a pretty good rule because we already know this corporate has take is a facade Like because they're not, no one, none of these corporations are paying it. But if you're reporting to investors, you made two, three billion in profit, but you're still not paying taxes. This minimum tax is a good rule um, that would say, hey, you re just reported to investors, you made two billion pay the 15% because we know you have it, all right? So that's a really, really good rule. I think that's one of probably a one thing that would actually be wor worth exploring for lawmakers. Um, Janet Yellen portrayed uh, uh, that people, that she wants to support this. Um, some of the Democrats uh, don't support uh, the tax rate height above 25%. It's gonna be something that's bounced around. Uh, Jeff Bezos came out in strong support. Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, came out in strong support of the Biden um, tax proposal, and he said that it would invest. This will, investment will require concessions from all sides. So you are seeing some corporations realize that they've got away with you know not paying taxes for so so long that they probably should pay a fair share to help rebuild America, to help rebuild um, the infrastructure, to help the burden of the debt that we received as we're printing through the pandemic. So that's something you'll see more down the pipeline. More political news. Let's move over to China. They've just created their own digital currency. Uh, the leading yuan just created, uh, China just created 
its own digital currency. Uh, it's the first major world economy to launch an e-currency. Uh, it's state-backed, unlike other cryptocurrencies. It's a state-backed, which I'm not really a fan. I don't, I don't understand. I mean, the crypto, you know, the real crypto people will understand that this isn't really the the, the plan for cryptocurrency, the plan for an undecentralized world. So, but it's out there, um, and I think it's it's interesting. We will see what other countries uh, follow suit and do something of the sorts, but that is out there. Um, and, and something that it will have to be watching very, very, very carefully. Oh, Forbes released their new um, billionaire report. Uh, the number of billionaires on Forbes' 35th annual list of world's wealthiest exploded to an unprecedented 277, 2,755, over 660 more than a year ago. Altogether, there were 13.1 trillion of wealth held by these um, individuals. It's a record high, 493 newcomers on the list. Leading the list was Jeff Bezos, followed by Elon Musk, um, and newcomer Tyler Perry. Shout out to Tyler Perry, also the founder of Bumble, Whitney Wolf Heard, the youngest self-made woman billionaire on the list. So that's a pretty cool list uh, for people that care about that. More politics news, we're going back to politics. Georgia's new voting restrictions spark major pushback from corporate America. So I read a little bit more into it, but Georgia made big changes in its voting law, and they've received a lot of pushback. They have new ID requirements for absentee voters, like providing their driver's license number, the last four digits of social, or some sort form of acceptable ID to request ballots. Um, and this was, has received a lot of pushback from some execs. Uh, some execs stood out. Um, and said that they didn't think this was fair. The MLB pulled their all-star game out of Atlanta. Uh, there's a lot of combating uh, this current law. So I think, again, this is making it harder for people to vote. I think we should, one, allow um, all people to act in the de democracy that is our founding of our great nation. So this is something you're going to hear a lot more about. I'm curious to see what comes of this. You're seeing talk about the masters and what they're going to do about that um, and possible boycott from some some folks there. So definitely watching that very, very closely. New, everyone's one of our people's favorite stock moving forward. Uh, moving on to the new, everyone's favorite stock or some people's favorite stock, Tesla. It's a car delivery record, uh, but it's now facing more competition. Tesla delivered a record 185,000 cars in the first three months of the year. That heavily beat expectations, more than double the cars delivered same quarter last year. Um, and a lot of it is just the buildup on this new EV revolution. There's more competition now. You're seeing GM, Ford, Volkswagen, Apple's talking about what they're going to do. You have the, the competition overseas in China, which is Neo and the like. So it's, it's more heating up because this industry is becoming crowded because people know that this is the future, um, especially when it comes to electric vehicles. So there is much more to go on that, but Tesla keeps produ producing. A lot of people think said that they wouldn't be able to do it, but they keep producing when it comes to deliveries, um, which is a big, big performance metric that analysts are looking at. That's our roundup. That is our news for this week. A lot, a lot of news. Um, next segment, we will talk in the personal finance roundtable. Hey, 
Hey everyone, gather around for the financial roundtable segment. Um, I actually got a call from a client who finished um, some schooling is, is going through the process of getting offers and negotiating job um, offers, benefits, all those things. So it got me thinking about what you should do in those situations, because uh, especially when negotiating, which is the hardest thing to do, especially if it's your new it's your new career, you're like, okay, how do I ask for more when this is my first opportunity or, or whatever have you? But it is something that you definitely should do and something that I'm glad. I, obviously, I don't do that anymore. I threw away my resume in like 2018. But for people that are still on that search, what you have to do is one, familiarize with the job offer that you have. So the position, there's all these different sites, Glassdoor, whatever have you, that you can see the salary offerings, um, ranges of your position, especially for the experience, for the years, for the company type, um, similar companies, you'll be able to see what you should be, what the industry standard is for your position. So if you're going to go to negotiate, you first should know what the actual industry standard is. And secondly, ask for more. If you're thinking of it from the employer standpoint, they're going to obviously offer less. They want to get your value for as least amount as they can get, right? Every department, every area has a budget that they can spend. And if they come in above budget, they can go up to their higher ups and say, yeah, we saved money this this year. So they're going to try to lowball you at least at first because they expect you to ask for more. But if you don't, that's just a win for them. So one, you want to build your case on why you, you, you would want more. So it would be obviously you build your case in about industry standard if they're coming in below that um, or if you're seeing that the projections of that this is rising based on different areas, different inflation, whatever, the job market in that area is picking up. There's more in demand than there are supply of applicants. Then build your case about the skill set that you bring. So you're someone that has done this X, Y, Z. You'd want to state that out um, and, and show that and obviously compare it, compare all the other items that could be prepared, all the performance or benefits that could be prepared in this certain negotiation. And, and you want to factor in all the benefits. So how much are they all paid pay time leave? All those different things, those things can, can be negotiated. Those are definitely negotiable items and you should definitely have these this linked up. Lastly, you want to have it in writing. So even if you send the email, you get them to accept a higher position uh, or you accept, to accept a, a more compensation for you, make sure that that's in writing. Make sure that that's in the actual contract. So don't just take the word via email or via phone. You have to have that in the actual offer letter or else it does not count. Like I, I didn't even know that was possible, but I've heard stories from people in New York where they were told over the phone from recruiters or from the company or whatever that they'll get this, this, and that. And then the offer letter didn't reflect that. And then they never got that, uh, what they thought they were going to receive. So you definitely have to have it in the offer letter in writing. Um, and don't be afraid to ask for more. Have confidence. Don't be afraid to ask for what you deserve or else you'll never really, really get that. As the old saying goes, closed mouths don't get fed. That is my tips on negotiating salaries uh, for those people that want it. If you have um, more questions on it or anything else that you can add to it, please reach out to me uh, so we can add that to our list. We're back and we have the question of the week, which is a very interesting one because I'm hearing more and more about this type of question um, in recent times times from from folks which is should i use a high yield cd for my savings so if people don't know a high yield cd or certificate deposit is just a product offering from banks credit unions investment firms insurance companies 
all it is is you're putting your money, you're giving them your money for a period of time, and it's ex- uh, agreed that you're not going to touch the money during the CD's term. It could be one, 12 months, six months, whatever, three years, five years, and you'll get your money back plus some sort of annual percentage yield at the end of the term. Um, so it is something that you're you're locked in, and the CD is f- uh, FDIC insured, uh, meaning up to 250000 If anything happens, the institution fails, you get still get your money back from the federal government. I'm not a big fan of the CDs per se, right? You can get a high yield savings, which doesn't have any lockup terms, which doesn't require you to have minimums. So CDs will require you to have minimal amounts. So if you're someone that's saving for a house, but you're doing it incrementally with the CD, you have to have a minimum amount upfront, right? And then it's just more of a bearing on you to try to add to that amount. You really can't add, or it's just a bearing for you to add versus a high yield savings account, not CD. It's just a regular savings account, but gives you a higher yield and allows for you to add incrementally monthly, quarterly to your savings, right? So that I feel like is a much more better option for people, um, which when they're trying to save for a goal that's down the the pipeline is you allows you to be more flexible and high yield savings does. And it's very incremental. So if you're someone that has the amount up front, the minimum needed up front, you can certainly do certainly do the CD. Because uh, again, these decisions, while they are big, it's not as big as actually saving the money, which is the pe- hard part people think. They want these products, they want this, they want that, but they're actually not saving the money. So incrementally, it doesn't do much for you if you're trying to buy a CD with $100, that's not gonna do anything. Um, you need to actually have the money actually save, actually budget correctly to put the money into these products that will actually yield something for you down the line, right? So um, again, I'm a more of a fan of high yield savings, more flexibility, more ability to add, um, allows you to, and again, allows you for ability to continue to incrementally save, whether it's quarterly or monthly, um, and, and allows you to kind of hit those goals uh, over time. So. CD is an option. Not everything can be, you know, there's different different strokes for different folks and when it comes to these things, but I do like the high yield savings for, for most people um, in that case. Our wrap up folks, personal life update. You can catch me on first time on CNBC closing bell today, 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that'll be a good market wrap-up segment talking about what's going on in the market uh, for the day. Fast Money, 6 p.m. tomorrow. This is Friday the 9th, uh, the special 6 p.m. show. I'll be more than likely on that one as well. Um, and then Cheddar at 2.40, Cheddar TV at 2.40 on Friday tomorrow as well. Uh, much more you know, shows and different things in nature still Staying steady on the workout. It's beautiful. Getting better weather. So going for walks, getting out there, stretching the legs as much as possible. We're not super busy. Um, and yeah, taking time for ourselves. New Street will implement policy. There'll be less, less weekend texting communication. I want to take time for, for itself and recharging. But I appreciate everyone that's sharing the news, sharing everything, texting, sharing the information, the podcast to family, friends, people in your network, please continue to do that uh, as we continue to try to reach goals. It's not it's not an overnight thing for, for people. It's something you have to do over time. So we'll keep doing it. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week.